You know, today's an, another special day uh, that we, we want to acknowledge. Now, if you've been going for, to here to Lake Haven for very long, you'll know that we're not a very religious church. And uh, so we don't go through sanctimonious sort of rituals. And, and, and well, even we probably do have a few rituals, but we try not to be ritualistic because we don't reach God through rituals. You don't appease God because you light a candle or because you pay your tithes. You don't pay tithes, you give your first fruits. There's a big difference. It's an attitude heart. You can give of your first fruits, you can give of the first, you can give, but it's always a willing. God loves a cheerful giver, etc., etc. There is a motive change that makes all the difference. Motive of your heart makes all the difference. But you see, ritualism and churchianity doesn't say that. Churchianity says, look the part and we'll accept you. Pretend to be a certain way. Dress the part, look the part, do the thing, and we'll be okay. So as long as you, we can check that you're paying something, some churches, we don't, but that if you're doing something externally, you'll be recognized. So, so that, is, that is not who we are. And, so, and, and you've heard me touch on this, but certainly we celebrate Christmas and Easter, but Christmas and Easter aren't even on the true Christian calendar. Jesus never said celebrate Christmas. We don't even know when Jesus was born. People have guessed what sort of month Jesus was born in, but just so you know, he didn't, nowhere in the New Testament are we supposed to celebrate the, the, the birth of Christ. Nowhere in the New Testament are we supposed to even celebrate Easter. If you read your Bible, it is, you'll realize that. But we do get to told there's two things that we are supposed to do, and one of them is baptism. When you believe on Jesus, you are supposed to be baptized, and it's a powerful thing, and we'll touch on baptism sometime in the future, and, and it's, it's just an incredible connection. If you've never been water baptized, sign up to be water baptized, because it can be a hugely powerful thing, and, and we can, as I said, we'll speak about that. But the only other thing that we're told to do is communion, or the breaking of bread. And that is very powerful because that is recognizing the sacrifice of Jesus. That is recognizing what Jesus did for us. And in fact, it says, for this reason, many of you are weak and sickly, and some of you have even died because you haven't recognized the bread and his blood. So that is something, and that's not because churchianity has said, you're, un, you're, un, you're unworthy of, of eating the bread and the blood. I mean, I don't know how many of you grew up that way. You don't have to put up your hands over here. But I mean, I certainly grew up like, oh, don't take that thing. You know, you could die. God could judge you right there if you just eat the bread and drink. I was like, I mean, seriously, because it has been so churchy, church has been so messed up with sanctimonious kind of religion that they don't understand God. They don't understand the purposes of God. We don't understand why we get to know God. In fact, in fact, if we don't understand that God has invited us into a relationship with Him, He hasn't decided it's not about information about Him. There's a huge difference. You see, we've celebrated degrees and diplomas and we've sent people to school for degrees and diplomas and we said that that piece of paper qualifies you. No, it doesn't. Paper has never qualified anybody. Now, that can help equip you if you go to school and you, that, that's great for a believer to go to, to some kind of a Bible school and help that be part of their equipping and their journey towards discipleship. But I'm telling you, paper doesn't equip you. 
we are called into a relationship with God, and we are called to know God. And you heard me mention this last week, but John 17 verse 3 said, Jesus said this in John 17 verse 3, he said, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That is the experience. That is true eternal life. It's being invited into a personal, intimate relationship with God. It is not about how much information you know. Do you know, I mean, I, um, I, I, in South Africa, some of you may know, but in the faith circles, there was a, a bodybuilder who used to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. Went into the same, camp, same, same competitions with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. And I think Arnold placed first in Mr. Worlds at the time, and he was third. And his name was Ray McCauley. And he was the pastor of a big church in South Africa. And um, he, that was where I ultimately went to, went to church and ultimately went to, to a Bible school. And, and Ray was one of these guys that, man, he was rough around the edges. He was just Ray. But I'm telling you, he could hear the voice of God. And, 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 and Ray, Ray told the story often. He said that, you know, who has one of the biggest Bible collections he had ever met was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold, apparently at the time, I don't know if it's still true, but had all these Bibles and, and these old Bibles, like really, really, like, you know, old books. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how many books you have on your shelf. It doesn't matter how many Bibles you have on your shelf. There are people that can quote the Bible, many parts of the Bible, and not even be born again. Because information doesn't save you. Information doesn't save you. Information can only bring you to a place where you can choose whether you will receive that information, believe it in your heart, and you can have an experience where you step out in faith and trust that that word is true. That's all it is. And, and listen, there is no such thing as blind faith. You are stepping out on the word of God. When you hear the word of God, it's the only thing that can create faith because it is the word of God. It is a choice to say, I will choose to believe that word. And when you choose to believe that word, then you don't look at your, your feelings. You don't look at the circumstances. You look at the word of God and you simply choose to believe it. That is when you start walking a life of faith. That is when you enter, you can enter when you believe what Jesus did and, and for us. And as, as you know, the, the foundation of the gospel is what Jesus did for us. He was punished he took the punishment that was ours, right? So uh, th that, that simply believing, I say, gee, it's not about whether I know about Jesus. I'm telling you, sorry, this is just a little foundation for where we're going, but it's not about whether you, whether you know about Jesus. There's so many people that know about Jesus. If you ask a question out on the street and you say, do you know Jesus? Most people will say yes, because... They know about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus. They can even say, oh, well, Jesus died on the cross because that's the historical Jesus. But do they know him? Amen. Not know about him. Do they know him? Have they been introduced to what he did that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him? The punishment, our punishment, my punishment, your punishment was on him. That's why he, he paid for every one of your faults and failures. 
that, that's why there is not a person on earth that has lived and ever will live that hasn't had the full price paid. Do you know that there will be a judgment day, but on that judgment day, you're not going to stand in front of God for the sins you've done. The sins that you and I have ever done, no matter how bad they are, are not going to be the ones judged. Those have been paid. I'm going to say it clearly. Those have been paid. <laughs> I know it goes real quiet when we talk about this, but we've got to let that, that penny drop because you don't hear that in a lot of churchianity. Come on. There is only one sin that we're going to be judged for. And if you, if you go to um, John chapter 16, and I'm, not, I'm still in my introduction, forgive me, but I'm just following where the God is. But if you go to John chapter 16, it says this. I'm going to jump in. It says that when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then he says this, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. You see, it's only in saving ourselves by responding to the call that Jesus of what he did, can we embrace the full uh, redemption of what Jesus paid for it. We have to buy faith receive what Jesus did okay so forgive me as I said I'm jumping that little bit of foundation because I just felt in my heart I had to get there but understand that we aren't a we aren't going into this because of religious ceremony there aren't abracadabra prayers there aren't abracadabra people we are and 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 we got I'm not an abracadabra minister but you know what? I've been there where I felt like every preacher that was up there was an abracadabra meeting. If I go, just go to his meeting, and if I can just go to so-and-so's meeting, if I could just go, man, I wish I knew Smith Wigglesworth, and I wish I knew John G. Lake, and I wish I could have been, in, I wish I could have been there back in Jesus' day. And you know how many Christians run around looking for stuff from people? Why? I mean... I guess it's a little bit of a rhetorical question, but you've got to ask the question, why do we think that there are abracadabra people? Sorry, I just came up with that term. Did you know? But you know what I mean? They're looking for some kind of a, a magical thing that they've got the hands or they've got the power or they've got the special connection. And we hear it. You tell somebody that you're going to be in church on Sunday, they'll say, send up a prayer. If you're there, send, up, send one up for me. I've heard all those kinds of term terminologies, right? Like, like you've got a connection with God. When you're in this place, you know, you're at this. No, never mind. <laughs> Anyhow, so, so we're, 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 not about, we're not about ritualism. So when we talk about Pentecost, Pentecost, um, Pentecost Sunday, uh, as I touched on last week, is, is a time on the Jewish calendar that was the Feast of Weeks. And it happened 50 days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot in, in Hebrew, which a little bit of Hebrew for you. Sheva means seven. Seven sevens, seven weeks, was the, is the, was the, was the, was the feast of weeks or the, where, the, where they celebrate the harvest, and that was part of it. Was now it, it's when the Bible talks about Pentecost, forty-nine plus one is fifty days. Pentecost is the Greek terminology for fifty days. It happened fifty days after the feast of unleavened bread, and and so when we when we when we talk about Pentecost, 
we are remembering the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit was prophesied and was mentioned. So we're going to go through a little bit of a history because what we want to do with this is, is there anything magical or special about today or any other day? No. Today is Sunday, and even Sunday, if you study it, is actually nothing holy about a Sunday. <laughs> Stay with me, people. No, I'm not going like it. If you wanted to be religious, then you would have to take a holy day, and that would have to be Saturday. Because that is the Sabbath. But the New Testament teaches us in Colossians that we don't keep days and seasons and months and feasts. Now, we can recognize them. We can understand what they meant. But almost every one of the feasts pointed forward to something. Passover was to the Passover lamb, the work of atonement, everything pointed, the feast of unleavened bread, things were pointing forward to certain times. And of course, in, in Acts chapter 2, it says that when the day, when the day of Pentecost, when Pentecost had fully come, that was when the Holy Spirit was poured out, right? So we see that in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushy wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of, as a fire to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so that's why when we talk about Pentecost, we want to recognize the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I, I, could, I could only, in the next 30 minutes... Also, touch on briefly the, the immense power and what, who, and how the Holy Spirit operates in us. Because there, this is so rich. And unfortunately, in churchianity, there is probably few topics that are as polarizing. You can, we, we have operated and gone to church camps... And the church camps will say, well, we've got to try and appeal to everybody so we don't ever talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to do this. And this organization, we're never going to go there because there's just too... You can't even raise the person of work of the Holy Spirit because well, we've got to be careful. We want to appeal to all the Christians. So it is that polarizing. Why? Why is it so polarizing? Why is there, is there that much animosity to it? Why is it never taught? Why? And let me say, if you're, if you're willing to be a disciple and you're wanting to mature with, with, in the ways of God, you have to have grounded yourself in the absolute truth of God's Word. If you're not willing to say, Lord, I... I'm going to follow you. I'm going to call you Lord, and I'm going to take whatever you say in the Bible. I don't care what Shannon says so much, but I'm going to take what Shannon says and go and check it out in the Bible. Check out what you say about it. And until you walk in a place where you get to a place, well, ah, you know what? I actually do agree with that because this is what I see in the Word of God. Then your faith will not be in the Word of God. Your faith will be in me. Or in a denomination. You can't have faith in a denomination. You can't have faith in a church building. You can't have faith in an organization. 
Lake Haven is just a 501c3 registered with the state of Florida. I'm talking about the building, the organize. I'm talking about this. We've got to understand. We've got to reach that place where we, our faith, is in the Word of God. And so we've constantly got to say, "What is it that I believe?" Because disciples abide in His Word. John chapter eight, thirty-one and thirty-two. To those that have believed in Him, those disciples that 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 He. Those who would abide in his word. He said, if you abide in, in his word, then you will be his disciples and the, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. It's, it's, it's knowing the truth. As you've heard me say so many times before, it's not knowing the truth. It's knowing the truth. Yes. When you're abiding in his word. So anything we say and do here has got to point you back to a place where you choose what you're going to believe in your own heart. It's no different with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe the Holy Spirit and Him being poured out 50 days later. Now listen, just to remember, when Jesus said go and wait in Jerusalem, and, and I can touch on that in places over here. Um, but just before that in, in Luke 24, Jesus said, And behold, I am sending you the promise of that, of, uh, sorry, Luke 24, 49. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed, with power from on high. Jesus' instruction was, stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So even though Jesus had given them the great commission of Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and said, listen, this is a go and make disciples of all people, the whole great commissions. He said, first, you don't go anywhere until you've been clothed with power from on high. That's important. Like I said, I wish I could teach all of us, because I, but I would keep you here. I, my voice would be, by 6 o'clock tonight, we would still not even be done. Yeah. But let me tell you, just encourage you, hear the fundamentals of what the Holy, and hear the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's put a preeminence and an importance on Him in our lives, because that's what Jesus did. So Jesus says, listen, don't leave Jerusalem. He says, stay until you are going to get the promise. Say promise. 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 It was a promise. And we'll see later he was called a gift. You don't earn gifts. You don't earn promises. He said, but you do have to do one thing. You've got to stay. You've got to wait. You've got to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. In Luke in Luke chapter 3, talking about John the Baptist, they were asking him all sorts of questions. And John answers this in verse 16. He says, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, whose straps and sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. He is the baptizer. He is the one that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Who? Jesus. You know, this culmination of everything that we've been promised um, in, I'm going to go to Acts chapter 1, where, where Luke, who finishes writing the book of Luke, obviously, and he's known to be the author of the book of Acts, and he starts this in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, he says, in, this, in the first book, O Theophilus, he's talking about Luke, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up after he had been given commands 
through the Holy Spirit, Jesus gave, listen, that's kind of interesting. He gave commands through the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus spoke commands, he did it how? Through the Holy Spirit. Okay. He says through the Holy Spirit. Um, he says, uh, um, where am I? Yeah. Through, uh, he says, well, it was through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then, um, and then so... Interesting here, Jesus stayed with them. As you know, after Jesus was raised from the dead, after the third day, he stayed with them how many, how many days? 40 days. In late in the, I, think, I forget where it is exactly in the book of Luke, but it says that he appeared to how many of them? How many, you remember, 500 people. He appeared to them at one time. Now, I know our brains can't understand that because we don't live in a place that's outside of time and space. Appears to 500 people. And then we see, we see that Jesus, um, after he appears to 500 people, he remains and teaches them and instructs them for 40 days. So listen, Jesus died. He was raised again on the third day. That's three days. Plus 40 is 43 days. So how long did they wait in Jerusalem? One week. They didn't wait an unending amount of time. They were waiting one week they were waiting, and we see that there were 120 of them in the upper room when what happened happened, as we see. Now we see in, verse, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power, Jesus said. Power, dunamis is the Greek word. Man, that's a deep word, power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, you will be a power to be what? Power to be witnesses. That same word dunamis is the same thing Jesus said when he said, this virtue has gone out of me. Remember when the, late, the, the woman that um, was said, if I just go and touch the hem of his garment. Remember that one? That's a super awesome story because I love it. Jesus didn't pick her out. He didn't go and find her. He didn't call her by name. She decided, if I can just go there, if I can just touch him. So she pickpockets the dunamis She sucked it out of him to the point Jesus said, whoa, what just happened? I felt virtue go out of me. That word is the same word. I felt dunamis go out of me. And here this woman, I mean, so, so here Jesus says, he says, till you are clothed, he says, with dunamis from on high. Listen, this is the Holy Spirit is <laughs> some basic theology, I don't even like the word, but basic theology is that we believe in a triune God or a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which is kind of hard to understand in three or they're all one, right? And the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is part of that. He is not just a power. He's not just an unknown entity or just a, he is not just pure power. He is the third part of the trinity. Jesus was had and worked with the Holy Spirit, as we saw touched on. In fact, I don't even know if I can get there or not, but, but both, I think, a couple of times in the Scripture, it calls Him the Spirit of Christ. 
the spirit of the anointed one. It also talks about him in the book of Acts as the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let us go there. It's talking about the spirit of who? The spirit of Jesus. Man, there, there is so many things that we get. But you know what? We've, we, we've got ourselves all theologicized. That's another word that I'm just making up. Whatever. We, we get ourselves all bent out of shape because we make it. Do you have the baptism? Do you have the baptism? Do you have the baptism? All about the baptism or tongues. Do you speak in tongues? Listen, it, there is so much more to the person and work of God than tongues. As awesome and as incredible and as powerful to as tongues are and as the gifts of God are and as the fruit of the Spirit are, all of those are parts of this person of the Holy Spirit. And if we take the time and, and I say, I, I mean, I, 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 if you have not studied the topic of the Holy Spirit, I can't shove it down your throat in 30 minutes. And I don't want to. But I hope that I leave you hungry enough to pick up a book and to go and study it for yourself so you know what the Word of God says. And we've got this great book. Andrew's, Andrew's got a great, right? And there's a few people that have written awesome books on this. But I, I love Andrew's book because it talks about being born again in the first piece. And it's the new you and the Holy Spirit. And the last section speaks about the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, go and, go and take that book. If you don't have it, you can buy Kindle. I like Kindle. Um, but if you, if you need one and you don't know it, talk to us. And you, It's like 10 bucks. And, and I tell you what, we'll get you one if you can't afford one. We have a couple copies here. But we'll, we'll, I'm absolutely, you've got to study. You've, and, I, and listen, because you've got to know and see it, I encourage you, go through it step by step. And every time Andrew, as a teacher, mentions a scripture, go to your Bible and go and look up what your Bible says there. Don't stop and just go rattle through the pages and say, oh, I know it now. I heard it. I understand it. No, go and say, one, <laughs> we'll get into so many of things. But you know that the Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. He's our teacher. He is called the teacher. And, if you, and you can just say, Holy Spirit, I need you to teach me. Teach me. And then let him teach you. Go and pick out those scriptures and read those scriptures. And if, if you've got to stay on one scripture for a week or a month or a year, do it. Get it until that scripture becomes alive to you and go through each scripture because you will see that he teaches, he takes you like, why? Why was there only, why, why, why do we see in the book of Acts that you know that they were filled multiple times with the Holy Spirit, not just once? How many times, how they, how they operated in the Spirit, how they were led by the Spirit, how they, how they were guided by the Spirit, etc. There were so many things that you can get and, and extract from them that I can't even hope to get into in a message. But, but he is not just this entity. He's not just tongues. He's not just this. He is this power of, that he, he is a person. The power, he is not just a power from on high, but he will give us and bring with us him this dunamis from on high. Yeah. And it's something that will clothe us. Yeah. You will clothed with power from on high. Yeah. And it's going to do what? We saw it's going to make us the ability to be his witnesses. Amen. doesn't say you're going to be empowered to go witnessing. There's a big difference between doing and being, okay? And he will empower you to be. He will empower you to be. I love this um, in, in Acts chapter 2. He says, um, 
Peter standing up in verse 14, Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them because now the whole of Jerusalem has seen this thing. They haven't, I don't know whether they saw the flames of fire on them, but they heard them speaking with men, other tongues of other languages. And he says, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, <laughs> since it's only the third hour of the day, 9 a.m. in the morning. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. I like that. I like that because it says, these, listen, guys, these guys aren't drunk. It's funny that the Holy Spirit is often compared with being intoxicated. In fact, in Galatians 5, I think it is verse 18, that says, Do not be drunk on wine wherein is excess or when is being unsaved, kind of there's a Greek word. Don't be drunk on wine. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, just as, the, just as wine or alcohol will influence your actions, be filled constantly, permanently. Be filled, be under the influence. Be under the influence of the Spirit. There, there, <laughs> uh, it's such the Holy Spirit, man. Thank you. Yeah. Anyhow, you know there there is so much beauty, and so much power, and so much fun in in this. But but I tell you, if we don't receive by grace through faith everything that Jesus has for us, we won't be witnesses. We won't be empowered for service. Why? Because we've never received it. And listen, guys, I'm not talking about an experience where we can flip-flop on the ground. Is there anything wrong with flip-flopping on the ground? No. If you want to flip-flop on the ground, go right ahead. I really don't. Over the years, people have been, I mean, they would call them holy rollers for a reason. That's where it came from. Over the years, it's been, it's been, it's got so weird that people in the world have thought, you guys are crazy, and they're right, you are. They're a little bit, I mean, I'm just saying that, that, that it's not about these experiences. It's not about whether, but listen, if, if something is genuine and you experience, and I've had a friend, I mean, when, when, when you know, when it fell down laughing and was laughing hours, hours later. Listen, to me, it's not whether you laugh or don't laugh or flip-flop on the ground, whatever. What happens when you stand up? Are you a witness? Do you, are you empowered? Are you, are you experiencing the person and work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Or is it just some Pentecostal kind of churchianity, abracadabra thing that you think that makes you better than some other church person. It's not about that. Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit, it is the culmination. Jesus, and, and I feel like I'm almost taking too much time to go there, but it's like Jesus says this um, in, where is my scripture here? We've got so many awesome scriptures to go through, but I want to touch on um, let me just get to that spot over here. Um, in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He says, it's to your advantage. It's better that I go away. This is one of the best reasons. Jesus said, listen, 
remember, Jesus is one person. He had to get pushed through a crowd for that woman to get the dunamis. Because that was Jesus. But he says, it's better that I go away. It's to your advantage. Because if I go not away, the helper will not come to you. I'm going to backtrack into, um, in chapter 14, in verse 15, there's these beautiful scriptures. In John 14, verse 15, uh, sorry, let's go to 16. Uh, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. He will be with you forever. I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times. Another, there's two Greek words for another. Alos and heteros. Heteros means another of a different kind. Alos means another of the same kind. So when he says here, I'm going to give you another helper, he's talking about this is the night that before, this is hours before he was crucified. This is the, he, Jesus talking to them just simply hours before he's about to go to the cross. And he teaches extensively about the work of the Holy Spirit. And he says, guys, I, I, listen, I'm going to send you another helper. Don't stress. Another just like me, another of the same kind. And it's going to be better. And he's going to be with you sometimes when you worship just right. If you worship just right and get the music just right, then he will show up. And only when you see the misty glory cloud, then you know he's really here. No. And then in verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Then verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. Man, I will send my spirit to you. Is that what he says? I will come to you. The Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ. I won't leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. When you start seeing the language and you start putting it in together and you see John 17, you will see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all get sort of intermingled. And then suddenly what happens when you get born again? This totally incomprehensible, incommunicable thing happens that we come along and we become part of this experience where he comes and he dwells with us and in us. And Jesus said that they may be one even as we as one, as you are as in me, speaking to the Father, as I am in you, so they may be in us and us in them and you in them. There is something about the unity and the union of being in Jesus that is kind of incomprehensible. But it is something that we've got to push into. It is something that we have to lay hold of. Because this Holy Spirit thing is so much more than, oh, did you get tongues? Did you fall down? Did you pray in tongues? Huh? Huh? Did you? Did you? Well, if you didn't pray in tongues, then, well, I don't know. I sure hope you pray in tongues because it's awesome and it's got so many benefits. But that is not what it's about. Then he says this in verse 25 of the same chapter. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you 
some things. All things. And will bring to your remember some of the things. All that I said to you. John 15, 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you who from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So many things, right? He's a helper. He's a teacher. He's a comforter. You, you know, if, if we, I, I remember, and you've heard my story, and I'll just briefly touch it. I was in boarding school. I was hundreds of miles away from home. Uh, so boarding school in South Africa was because, I don't know, how do we explain it quickly? We lived far away from our parents if you were in boarding school. And you, I was at a boys' school, a boys-only school, a high school, um, and and I had had a very, I had a, praise God, my parents were born again, went to a great, a great Baptist church, had moved around a lot. Some of them were really great, some of them not so much. Let me just put it, I mean, that's all the case with every church, right? Some of them are really, really awesome. It doesn't matter where they, which denomination. Some of them are really, really, really cool, and some of them not so much. So I'm not trying to point my finger at any particular don, or bash any denomination, gotcha? So in any case... I had, I had heard about the Holy Spirit. I believed in the Trinity, but I'd never heard anything like, like this. So, so I went to this little Assemblies of God church because a friend invited me from school. And I went to the Sunday evening service, and then I was like, I had never heard anything like this. All the lights came on. I was seeing things. I was hearing things that I'd never heard before. And so I, I go on a Sunday morning, um, and in a Sunday morning, uh, Jim and Jenny Morkel who I love to this day, they, they still pastor a church back in South Africa. They grabbed me and they said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I was like, I, didn't, I just still didn't even know what that meant. And so they lay their hand, they take me to a little back room when I'm not with anybody. They, they both sat me down in the chair. I was 15 or 16 years old. They prayed for me and I prayed, I, I prayed I, I, in, the, in tongues. I spoke out in tongues. And immediately my brain kicked in and said, that's gobbledygook nonsense, stop it. And so I did. And I didn't pray in tongues. I tried to get to pray in tongues for another three years. Why? Because I never got taught. Nobody ever taught me about it. As wonderful as that church was, I never understood what tongues was about. I was trying. I thought that I had to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But one thing I can look back on, I know I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now it's easy to see because my life radically changed. I can look back at those that day and see that you couldn't keep me still. I was suddenly on fire for Jesus. I was suddenly passionate about the things of God. Now when I opened up the Bible, it, it was like I could read the Bible. I wasn't religiously trying to read a scripture. I was like, I w it was speaking to me. It was like it was coming alive to me. And, and this is a testimony that many of you have. It, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, why? Because you got the helper, because you got the teacher, and the teacher comes in and teaches you. And if you respond to the Holy Spirit, then he does these things. And so, and so when I got taught, and when I understood what the, what, how that we simply respond to, to the baptism, when somebody wants to, if you want the Holy Spirit, then it is so easy to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 11, Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. Remember, them who ask, they shall receive. Them who seek, they will find. And knock, the door will be open to them. And then he says, who of you, fathers, 
We'll give, you know, a stone to if you've had a stick of bread or a scorpion, etc., etc. And he says, he says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? God wants to give the Holy Spirit to you. Now, some of you people that have been involved in churchianity, some of you have never had that experience, will say, well, I thought I'd get the Holy Spirit when you're born again. Yes, you do. You do get the Holy Spirit. But I'm not talking about just getting the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about Him coming on you. In, from out, out of your heart and upon you so that you are clothed with power from on high. And we see that not happening once in the day of Pentecost. We see that happening in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4. We see it happening in Acts chapter nine, 10. We see it it's happening in Acts chapter 19. And we can have, take time to go through all these, these scriptures and bring out each one of the times. But that I think you need to do in your own time. But, the, but, but honestly, just get that book and, and go through that piece where you are responding to who the Holy Spirit is and what He is to you and what He is through you. And, and you will, we, we can talk at length about the benefits because there, there are so many benefits that come along with being filled with the Holy Spirit. Besides Him teaching us and helping us, when you understand what tongues is, I, I just taught this at our Overflow conference, and you can actually go to overflow.info and, and listen to my message, because I speak about the benefits of praying in the Spirit. There are bunches, there's, a, there's at least five, six, or at least seven benefits of praying in the Spirit. And and. And I know, I know the religious mind kicks in and says, well, I thought that was a gift, and you need to interpret. All of those are quite understandable when you, when you have it slowly unpacked before you. It's kind of like somebody who has never flown an airplane before and saying, driving up to an airplane and saying, oh, my gosh, you mean this thing with metal can get off the ground? <laughs> right? Can you imagine? It's like, don't be intimidated by something if you've never been exposed to it. You've never been taught by it because you don't understand all the laws that affect how this thing that's going to weigh 32 metric tons is going to get into the air and keep you there and fly you to another nation. You're going to like, if you'd never seen a plane before, you were like, right. I believe that a piece of metal is going to hurtle me and a bunch of other people, 300 other people to the other continent. Right. It's, it's kind of the same way. But when you understand, hold on a second, these things, we just need to get taught. Yeah. It's simple. When you understand, oh, this is why. There's an engine and this, and there's the, or the, the aeronautical laws of lift and thrust, and, and lift when you get thrusted forward, blah, 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 and lift, da, 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 and suddenly you see it, and, you, and not only see it, you watch it, and you're like, one thing happens slowly to another that convinces you, okay. Why, Shannon, are you carrying on about this? Well, because it's the time of Pentecost and we get to celebrate this great thing that got culminated. It culminated everything Jesus did and said culminated in Him doing this piece and giving us the Holy Spirit. But what I see, generally speaking, and as you know, I'm fairly well-traveled, the majority of the body of Christ does not believe it. The majority of the body of Christ does not believe it, and the majority of the body of Christ doesn't think it's important enough to study. And this is why we are powerless. 
because we don't even believe what Jesus did for us. We have relegated him to a weirdness that some denominations agree and speak, and we have put him in a box. And we've said that little weird tongues thing, I don't believe that, I don't believe that. Listen, if you call Jesus Lord, you should have the attitude, Jesus teach me. And we're all on this journey of learning. We're all on this journey of learning. And I, and I tell you, the more we push in, if you, if you want to experience more of God, then it starts with a simple choice. I'm almost hesitant, because just because of my own personal experience, I'm hesitant to say this morning, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, come up here. And we'll pray for you. You know why? Because you have to be ready for it, in my opinion. Not because God's not ready. He's ready in an instant. And we will pray for you if you want to receive the Holy Spirit. Let me just state that. But let me encourage you. If you're not yet persuaded that this gift is for you, then don't come up here. Because then you know what you'll come up? You'll come up and you'll say, okay, God, I don't know about this stuff, but hit me with your best shot. Sounds like a song. <laughs> Hit me with your best. <laughs> okay, no, sorry. Sorry. But, it, but really, we have that idea. It's like, okay, I'm going to stand. You know, I'm not going to be pushed over. I'm not going to, I'm going to just, God, hit me with your, but listen, you, your heart needs to believe. Your heart needs to be persuaded of truth. And I promise you, my heart was not persuaded. Even though I did receive something, I didn't understand it. I wish that I had been in the church at the time that could have taught me that. Jim and Jenny, I mean, they're much more mature now, but as young as they were, I didn't get or couldn't understand those things because I just simply didn't have the material to go through it and the time or put the, those things, even though it was important to the church. And we experienced Holy Spirit. We have, we have Holy Spirit-led worship here. How many of you feel it? How many of you know that? I'm telling you, people walk into this church, experience something different, and that's awesome. Because that's not because we've got something, we're, we're, don't, we're not abracadabra people. We have the Holy Spirit, and He's allowed to flow in us and through us and in us and through you. But please, please don't, please don't go away from here pushing the Holy Spirit into just this little realm of weird. I'm not going to mess with that weird thing. Jesus, I'm going to say it again, he died for our salvation. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. You and I need power to be a witness. If you want to fulfill what you have been called to, if you want to fulfill your purpose, and I'll touch on this probably next week a bit, a, bit, a bit more because I, I'm going to make a statement here. It's not, if, if, you do not, if you do not receive the Holy Spirit, you will not be able to properly mature as a Christian. Does that mean, and listen, let me just, I'm not saying you can't go to heaven. I'm just saying that Jesus gave him for a reason. He needs to be your teacher. If you also have got a kingdom purpose to fulfill, 
You have a kingdom destiny to fulfill. You have a kingdom race to run. I'm not saying that you have to be a preacher or an evangelist or whatever. I'm saying that you have a kingdom purpose. In whatever God has put on your heart, He has given you a kingdom purpose to fulfill. You cannot, cannot, cannot fulfill that purpose without the Holy Spirit. You cannot, receive what, you cannot receive all He has from him, for with you without the Holy Spirit. You can't. And so what that means is that if you don't receive Him and you don't walk in everything He has from you, you can't fulfill in your heart what you feel. You're going to always have a longing in your heart that says, I feel like I'm called to something more than this. You know that feeling? I know that feeling. I'm called to more than this. There's something else there. What is my purpose in life? You have a purpose. You are called to something great, something greater. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm telling you, the, the past is gone. Paul said, forgetting what is behind and pressing on to what's ahead. We push forward. If you want to fulfill what God has for you, don't look behind. I promise you, there's no point in regret. And don't say, I wish I knew this. I wish I did this. Forget it. God is with you. Holy Spirit is with you. And like that GPS that's going to guide you, he's going to say, take a left now. That's all you need to do. Take a left now. Take a right now. And constantly choose whether you will fall and follow his plan for your life. He will do amazing things with you. But it starts with simply deciding what you will do. Will I follow well, I choose to follow that way. Amen. Amen. Hey? Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Let's, there's, there, there's this video um, that I, about the Holy Spirit. Let's finish, with, finish off with this, and then we're going to pray for people. Once upon a time, there was a great wind a mighty life-giving energy that breathed everything into existence. A power that moved along the waters of the deep. The Spirit of God. One day a group who loved God was praying and meeting, celebrating a Jewish feast with friends and family, unaware of what was going to happen. Heaven was about to pay a visit. A violent wind filled the room where they prayed. Tongues of fire descended, separated, and rested on each of them. The Spirit of God didn't just come near them. The Spirit filled them. And each one began to speak in a foreign language, the many languages of all the people who lived in Jerusalem. All those who passed by marveled at what they saw. How could it be that each one could hear their own native language at the same time? Some claimed it was miraculous. Others scoffed and called them drunk. But Peter stepped forward and boldly proclaimed the truth. What the scripture described long ago had now come to pass right before their eyes. I will pour out my spirit, the Lord told his people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Here was the moment. The power of God filled the faithful. 
the body of Christ grows up alive and active, equipped and empowered to love God, to love others. The good news continues to be proclaimed. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the best news is, for those who believe, the story never ends. If you, where, we're going to have a few people come up. I would like um, Keith and Sue, Corin, T and Stacy, um, certainly our, our prayer team over here, and I don't know who else in our prayer team is over here. We're just um, Stephen and Lise, and that's it. If, if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, or you want to be, you want a fr- fr- refreshing, then feel free to come up here um, as we, you know, we're just going to play a bit of, of quiet music and we're going to end the service here. But let me tell you, I'm, I want to encourage you, don't, don't feel you need to come up because you need to settle. God's not disappointed and this is not the only time that it's available. But there is a place of contact if your heart has been stirred and your heart, your, your heart, there's been faith created because you've heard something in the Word of God. Your heart has been stirred, and you want, you say, "I want that." Like the woman that that pushed through the crowd, you can come up, and they will pray for you. And if you're not born again, great time just to say, "Hey, I'm not born again." Have them pray with you. They will be ready to pray. We will be ready to pray with you right now. If you don't feel, you feel that you need more. That's great, and you can, you can, I'm, we will have some, we'll try and get some books for those that, those books that we do have, and if you don't, you know, again, that, that, that book of Andrew Womack is The New You and the Holy Spirit, if you want to download that, if that's something that you still want to go and investigate, I was an investigator, I needed to know that I knew, and I had to see it for myself in Scripture, and if that's that kind of person, that's okay, we will pray for you whenever you are ready. Our Wednesday night services, Overflow, are about the person and work of the Holy Spirit, we are pushing. When it says that old men will dream dreams, your young men will, your 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 sorry, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, and it talks about on your maid servants and your young men will. I will pour my spirit out. It's male and female. Everybody will can experience this, and and there is so much more to discover. So I want to encourage you. If your heart has been stirred, then think about coming to Overflow on Wednesdays. Amen. Father, we just respond right now to what you have done for us in Pentecost and given us once and for all. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us so great a gift that is for us to appropriate, for us to be with clothes with power on and high. And we just respond to that right now. We, we choose to lay hold of that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if that's you, feel free. Go on and come up, and we're going to pray for you. Like I said, if it's particularly about the Holy Spirit, that's awesome. If there's something else, you can come too, especially if, you need, if you'd like to be born again. Amen. The rest of you, I'm going to say, if you want to slip out because of time and you've got activities, feel free to, to quietly slip out. You go right ahead.